who's writing your story? If I could have several men come, and, and I want you to pass out to every individual a pen, and to, to kids a pencil, okay? Because I'm not sure I have enough pens. Maybe I do. So we can use several other men here to help her. I may have to really preach long to get this all right. So, and kids, you're going to get a pencil that's not sharpened. And, and so don't worry, you don't have to try to take notes with that. You're going to get a pencil that you can use when school starts in a few weeks. No, it's not. Okay, I hate to remind you of that, all right? But at um, any rate, this, this will be uh, a reminder to us about our story. We are told that we can write any story we want. How many of you have seen something along this line? You can be whatever you want to be. How many of you found that to be not true? Okay. Most of us have had dreams of something we wanted to do and be, and we run into the, the stark reality that Wow, I guess I can't do that. And that's where the reality of life meets the visionary of our own dreams. And sometimes that causes a crisis in our lives. We are told, though, that you can rewrite the drama of your lives. You can be the captains of your own souls. And, and it's all really very, very man-centered. Well, there was a point in time where Nebuchadnezzar would have believed that. That he was the captain of his own soul. I mean, he said here, look at this kingdom as he walked in his royal palace. Look at his kingdom. And... Look it, I have built this. This is my royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. I mean, he was writing his own story. And then, while the word was still in the king's mouth, there came someone else that took over writing his story. And it said, you will be driven from men. You will eat grass like a beast. This will happen for seven years. And at the end of that time, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his eyes to heaven and gave one of the most profound, clear, concise statements of the honor of God, of the character of God, and of the authority of God. And he bowed in submission to God. And he came to realize, wow, everything is about God. 
Now, you have the opportunity to write your story or you have the opportunity to defer and let God write your story. And I want to just step back a moment and focus on this aspect of God writing my story. In our Disciples Making Disciples this week, you were asked and you will be asked tonight to uh, share your story. And as we go through that, it is a vivid reminder to us to stop and take a look at what is... What has happened in my life? And, and to understand, I have the opportunity to try to pursue and write my own story, or I can give the pen to God and let Him write my story. Now think about giving the pen to God. Number one, God is the one that designed you. You did not choose, number one, when you would be born. You did not choose who your parents would be. You did not choose how tall you would be. You did not choose the color of your eyes. You did not choose your IQ. You did not choose the color of your skin. You did not... God is the one that designed you. And, and in Psalm 139, he says, He was the one that designed your parts and your being from conception. He is the one that gave life. So, He made us, He designed us, and He knows us. Also, Psalm 139 he intimately knows when you sit down and when you stand up. He understands your thought afar off. He knows what your thought is going to be next Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows the, the blood pressure that you have right now. He knows every detail about your life. He knows my sugar count's probably going to go up today because it's Father's Day and I'll eat some sweets, okay? But He knows He knows the burden on your heart. He knows the fears that you face. He knows you. And not only does He know you, He also equips you. He didn't just design you and said, man, I know you're going through some hard times right now. Lots of luck. I'll pray for you. No. He promises to equip us for every situation in life. He promises, as we mentioned last week, that His grace is abundant in our lives. So He knows and Every situation in our life, He equips us. He gives us everything we need for life. None of us are going to be able to stand before God and say, God, in this situation here, I did not have what I needed to honor You. 
We'll never be able to say that. He's made available. He's equipped us with everything. And with that in mind, He designed us, knows us, equips us. He has plans for us. He began a good work in us, Philippians 1. So He has plans and He said He's going to continue that work until He comes again. It's not like God put you on the earth and you poke around and try to figure out some, some way you can be profitable on the face of the earth. God has a design. God has plans for you. He wants to use you. And, and he, he has plans that He wants to use you in the lives of others. So, He designed us, He knows us, He equips us, He has plans, and sometimes those plans are, are drastically different than we would have planned, and they're very difficult times, but He provides to us grace that comforts us in those times. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, He says, the comfort you have gone through and you have received that you are able to take that comfort and you are able to comfort others also. So it's not like I'm just an island here to myself. God has a plan for me to be in relation with others and He wants to use what He's doing in my life in the lives of others. So, He is at work. And God will someday reward you according to your submission to His plan. He said our life, 1 Corinthians 3, our life will be tried by fire as believers. This is only believers. What we've done after we've come to know Christ as Savior, we'll be tried. And if it was done for selfish motives, um, if it was done for anything improper, it will be like wood, hay, and, and stubble in fire. It'll be gone. But if it was done for God's honor and glory, it will be like gold, silver, and precious stone which when they are put in the fire, they are purified. And he says, you will be rewarded. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So, this is all the nature of God. God designed me. God knows me. He equips me. He has plans for me. He wants to use me in the lives of others. And He will reward me. As I walk in His way. So, with all that in mind, we say, we ask a question, why do we struggle with giving God the pen of our life to write our message? That, that's a big thing in our lives. Why do we struggle if He is this good and this great and, and all that He is, why do we struggle? And we do struggle. 
We say, well, I'm a nobody. Why would God want to write my life? I mean, nobody knows me. You may say, I have only a handful of friends on Facebook and they defriended me. And you might say, you know what? You get ten miles from here and nobody even knows my name. You get five miles from here, they know my name, but they don't speak anything good about me, okay? And you might say, I'm a nobody. It's not like God would say, ah, let's see, let's see. Ah, right there, that's the one. You're saying, he would not pick me. You might be here today saying, you know, my story was so messed up from childhood. There's no hope. You, you don't know what's gone on, you might be saying, in my childhood. You don't know what I endured and... and and I am trash that has been thrown out, and I am just, in your mind, I'm just wallowing around in the dump waiting for the end. And sad to say, in many Christians' lives, that, that has been true. Sad to say, in, in individuals that have grown up in quote-unquote Christian homes. And, and you know, well, here's the pen, God, but this is so messed up. There's, there's no redeeming this. Or it might not be your childhood. You might be here today and say, I set out on my life and I was writing my story and... I really, really messed up my story. I'm, I'm ashamed of my story and failed marriages and failed businesses and, and it's, it's just a mess. Failed relationships. I've messed it up too much. Why even bother? Just set the pen down and hope for the end. And there are many, many that that's the situation in their life. Sometimes it's, it wasn't anything I did, but, but things came into my life that other people did that have really, really messed up my life. I mean, and what's the hope? You might be here today and say, well, you know, I, I just don't have a lot of Bible knowledge. I don't know a lot of things, so my story would be uh, one little paragraph. Or you might say, and most say this, Oh, there are others that have better stories than mine. 
Mine's not that good a story. There, there are others that have better stories than I have. And we could go on and list other excuses that we give. But the bottom line is, God, as Nebuchadnezzar said, He does according to His will among the inhabitants of the earth, and no man can restrain His hand. God is at work and is writing a story, and we don't often think of this. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 Verse 1, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. To be an author, you have the pen in your hand. He is the author, and He is the one that writes the story, and He is the one that finishes the story. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul wrote to the believers, a church all messed up, lots of very serious problems. He wrote one letter correcting things. He's writing them again in 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 2, he says, You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, You are the letter of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. So Paul says, you are a letter written by the Spirit of God in your heart. You are an epistle that God wants to raise up and take and let other people read your life. Written by the Spirit of God. In another sense, Paul in Galatians 2 said, It's no longer I who lives. It's no longer me that's writing the story. But it's Christ who lives in me. It's Christ who's writing the story in me. So, I want to mention five things that will help us to let God write the story in our life. Number one, give thanks. First of all, give thanks for the facts about God that we already mentioned. That God designed me, that God knows me, that God equips me, that He plans for me that He uses me, and someday that He will reward. To go back and specifically, not just rush through those, God, I thank You that You designed me. See, it's accepting God's design. There are many people that are bitter that their nose looks like it does, or that they're only so tall, or that they had older brothers that beat on them all the time. Whatever it is, bitter that that they weren't the smartest in their class. Whatever it is. No, God designed... He put you in the order of your family 
when you were there. I, as you know, I have three older brothers. And they were good to me. I mean, but God was writing my story and He had them in my life to influence me. There were also times they ripped me off. That's what older brothers do, right? I'm not saying it's okay, older brothers. I'm just saying. But all those details of your life to come back and say, God, I thank you that this. Or it may be some event in your life that that happened that has changed your life. Can you come back and thank Him that He's in control? And give thanks to God that nothing is impossible for you. Here I am. And God, I'm looking unto you, the author, and I'm grateful that nothing's impossible for you. I'm going to give thanks for that. And I'm going to give thanks because you tell me to give thanks. In everything, give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Ephesians 5.20 Giving thanks always for all things. So giving thanks, that, <clears throat> that will be harder than, than we might imagine. The second thing, to let God write your story, submit to God. This, this is perhaps the hardest thing. This is a continual process, but it has an actual starting point too. Where where you come and say, God, I've been I've been writing my life, I've been running my life, and and maybe You've included God, but the pen's in your hand. And you come and say, God, I'm putting the pen down. It's out of my hand. I'm giving it to you. I'm submitting all this stuff that's messed up. That I look back over my life and and I don't even like to think about it. And God, I don't know what you can do with it, but I'm giving you the pen, and I know you can write the last chapter, and you can make all this work together for good, because that's what you promised. And so, it almost is, not almost, it is literally coming to God and laying it on the altar and saying, with specific things, God, I don't, I don't understand this. But I'm giving it to you to add in. You put it in my story. I don't see how it's going to work, but I'm submitting this to you. You understand, God, God wastes nothing in your life. He allowed things in your life so that He can take it and use it for His glory. I mean, it all goes back to the big picture. Remember, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. So God created everything good. Mankind messed it up. He sent Jesus Christ to redeem us, not just to save us from hell, but then 
He wants to restore. And complete restoration is in heaven, but He wants to restore us to His story. He wants to take all the things of our fall and our sinful nature, and He says, I can take this and make this used for good, and even use it in the lives of others, if you'll let me write the story. God wastes nothing. He, he specializes in making a message out of a mess. Because if He didn't, there's no hope for any one of us. All of us are a mess. And God's specialty that shows His glory and His power is that He delights in making a message out of a mess. That's the Gospel. And it is never too late to give God the pen. It's never too late to say, God... I've been running my own life. I may have had you in the passenger seat, but I'm the one driving the car. I am the one holding the pen. I am the one writing it. I am the one doing this. And God, you take the wheel. You take the pen. Failure is only failure when it's final. When we say... God, here it is. And, and it is coming and submitting it to God. And, and some of you have some very difficult things that you're saying, Pastor, you don't know, and I don't know, but I know this, God knows. And He says, that's come into your life. And you might say, but it was because of wrong decisions I made in sin. God says, I don't care, I can take it. And make it work together for good. When you love me and are committed to my purpose. But it, it means coming and submitting it to God. And, and see, sometimes with things in our past, we want to just bury it and hide it. And we're afraid if we submit it to God, that God's going to use it and give us an opportunity to share our failure in someone else's life to point to God's greatness. And we want to paint a picture like everything has always been fine in my life. That's the biggest lie there is. But to come and submit those heartaches, those difficulties, this is big. It's giving God the pen. And then it's not just sitting back doing nothing, it is then you must prepare. It means you prepare for God to use you. I, I love the verse in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Jesus was just a child. Before His earthly ministry, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. He increased. That means he was preparing. 
He increased physically in stature. We ought to take care of ourselves physically, be prepared for God to use us. He increased intellectually in wisdom. In favor with God, he increased spiritually. And he increased in favor with men, he increased relationally, emotionally, horizontally. We need, right there's a, right there's a curriculum, right there's a plan. Am I preparing physically, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually? Am I preparing? And we don't have the time, but it is developing our mind. Developing our body, developing our soul, and we do that through building daily disciplines in our life, seeking after God, Bible reading, prayer, fellowship with God, sharing with others, dying to self, serving, and so on. So it is, it's preparation, and and I'm quickly going through this, but there's much that could be said here. Number four, we give God the pen, submit to Him, we prepare, but then the Spirit will give us direction and we must depend on the Spirit of God. As we mentioned last Sunday morning in our, in our lesson, as we mentioned last Sunday evening in, in our classes, it is... It is allowing God's Spirit to work in our lives. What God wants to do in your life and my life cannot be done in our own strength. It can't be done. It has to be done through the power of the Spirit. And underlining all of this is God... Here's the pen. You write into my life what you want. And I'm doing this because all I want is everything to bring glory to you. I want all my life to bring glory to you. What does your life matter if it doesn't bring glory to God? It amounts to nothing. And God, all I want is this to bring glory to you. Ephesians chapter 1, it goes in, you are justified and you are sanctified and you are chosen by God for His glory. And Paul then says, and this is my prayer, that you would be to the praise of His glory. So, you give the pen to God and he writes in something you really don't didn't want, but it's it's like saying, okay, God, if you can receive glory through this, so be it. Your life is a story about God's mercy, about His love, about His faithfulness, about His wisdom, about His power. Corey Ten Boom survivor of prisoner of war, wrote this, My life is but a weaving between God and me. 
I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaves sorrow. And I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hands as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. This, this is from a lady that experienced the most horrific things that you can imagine. And it's letting God write the story. Your story can drive you crazy if you're attached to it too much. If you're constantly questioning and trying to change it. But there is joy in submission and giving it to God. God may design chapters in your life that are long and delightful. Others may be far too short. Why did that chapter have to end? Others that are very painful. But we'll only see the meaning of our story when it fits in the context of God's narrative throughout all of history. We are a part of God's amazing story of history. And there is something very liberating about handing the pen to God and letting Him do His work. As Paul said in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author, and the finisher of our faith. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we know that we can trust Him. We know that He designed us, He knows us, He equips us, He wants to use us, and we can rely on the fact that He is the Good Shepherd, or in our context today, he is a good author. And every one of his stories ends well. Or we can fight it throughout our life. And there are many Christians that are going to heaven, but they still have their hand on the pen, and they're trying to rewrite this story, and they're trying to do it, and they're, they're resisting God all the way through. Not thinking they are. God, help me with this. And God says, will you give it to me? Will you, will you trust me with this? Will you give me your all in this? And in, in realizing this, 
It makes perfect sense in all of the stories of our lives. When we understand, I don't understand, God, but I'm trusting you. And I'm asking you to do whatever you want. Write this into my story or out of my story, not only for the past, not only for the present. God, why did this happen today? God wants it part of my story. I can take the pen and try to write it, or I can let God. And I can trust Him for the future. But I know this, as, as Nebuchadnezzar said, all the works are in truth and his ways are justice and all his works are good. You can trust God to write your story. So today, what I'm, what I'm asking you to do, you have a you have a writing instrument in your hand. And there may be things in your life that you have never submitted to God. Or you've never purposely just said, God, here, here's what I'm asking you to do today. If, you're, if, the, if your heart's desire, as, as long as As you know your heart, God, I really want to give you the pen. Today, when you get up to leave, I want you to just lay it, lay it in the seat where you are and give it to God. As an act. This is a, this is a different kind of invitation. It's not coming forward. It's just an act between you and God. We're, we're not going to go around and collect them and say, let's see, who was sitting here? Ah, oh, they took their pen home. They're... No, this is between you and God. But it's between you. Are you willing to give Him your pen? And willing to say, or are you going to take it with you? It's, it has no other purpose than to make you think, who... Who, is, who has my pen today? Nebuchadnezzar thought he was writing his own story and it took seven long years for him to come to his senses and say, God is the author. And God alone is the master. And I know some of you are thinking right now, man, I don't know if I... If I really let him have the pen, he's going to write some stuff in it I don't like. You will never, never regret giving God the authority in your life. You'll never say, God, I trusted you and look what you did and that was wrong. We'll never be able to say that. We will say, you are worthy. You are good. You are God. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> I pray that you would make this personal in our lives. And Lord, it's a one-time decision, but it's a continual decision. 
because I want to continually pick up and run my life and do my thing. So Lord, help us to die to self. Help us to give you the pen. Lord, to some this may be a first time thing. And there may be battles that are going on in hearts and lives even now. And Lord, I know just laying the pen in the pew and leaving it there doesn't make a change. And I know we can lay it there and go out and still have it in our own hands. But Lord, I pray that You would be pleased by us bowing the knee to You. Lord, thank You that You have a purpose for every one of us as insignificant as we may think we are. That You have designed and planned and purposed us to be a part of Your eternal story. And may we know the joy that comes by submission to You. Lord, show us the areas of our lives where we still are controlling the pen. And may we know the joy of You truly being the Master of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.